0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and along with Kyle Davis, we will get you caught up on everything that has been going on with the Toronto Rock, and, of course, we'll look forward to a very big night on Saturday night when the Calgary Roughnecks are in town. That's not the big part. The big part, obviously, is the fact that the Toronto Rock will be retiring the number seven of Colin Doyle, who he wore that number here in Toronto for 15 seasons, 15 out of his 19 years. He was pretty well the icon, uh, the man here in Toronto for most of those seasons, of course, in the early days uh, he had a, a very strong supporting cast and not to say that he didn't in the later days either, but did win five championships in seven years uh, as a part of his first go-around with the team, so we'll get to uh, all that a little bit later on the show Colin Doyle will actually also join us on the program as will Toronto Rock goaltender Steve Fryer, better known to most folks as Deep or the deep fryer but he's kind of created this new per- persona that's just deep <laughs> so we'll dive into that we don't know how far but we'll dive into it uh but off the top kd let's talk about uh, friday night's game uh, the new england black wolves come to town and uh i think steal a 10-9 overtime victory against the toronto rock uh, it was a game where the new england black wolves without uh their big gunner and sean evans and had just traded away pat saunders as we uh, may have over detailed last week on the podcast but um perhaps a a missed opportunity i guess here for the rock last week
1: yeah i would have to agree with that i i mean i'm on record here not looking too smart calling toronto to smash new england last weekend or last podcast there last episode and uh kind of ate my words on that one but uh I thought it was a missed opportunity, as, as you mentioned, Sean. Not in the lineup, big piece. He's really, you know, the draw, that's, the straw that stirs the drink in the offense there, and it just felt like Toronto could never, never just get away with the game. Like uh, you know, they were New England hung around, whether you know, like Toronto scores, and not too long after, New England's putting one back in the net, and it was just kind of one of those back and forth games. I didn't think Toronto had their their best effort, to be honest. From what from other games, what I've seen, they are capable of doing at least this year. Um, you know, even both goaltenders still great though. If you look at the sixty minutes, you know, nine nine like nine goals is you'd be happy with that uh, coming out of a coming out of a game. But uh, unfortunately, you know, a, a missed goal in overtime or a goal called back after a crease violation, and you know, it's kind of just how the game of lacrosse is—they go back down and bury one, and that's all she wrote.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what well, you did mention there about you know the rock were never able to take control of the game and i think a lot of those situations where they did score and it seemed as though you know and matt sawyer alluded to this after the game as well it seemed that right on the back of every toronto rock goal was a new england goal and they were never able to get on uh, you know a real serious run in that game and and put the put some distance between themselves and the black holes um uh, you mentioned evan kirk there he hadn't had a very great start to the season he may have had a good ish start to the season but certainly not uh, of the same caliber that won him the goaltender of the year award last year but he was in pretty good form on on friday night and was a big reason why they stuck in that game because i thought personally the rock definitely outchanced new england and especially when you're talking quality chances shots where you know uncontested looks where you know i, I think in most situations it really favored the shooter and not the goaltender and the rock were just not able to take advantage of it and you know you also mentioned the overtime goal that got called back and Steph LeBlanc how he you know ran in from the wing basically and pretty well untouched all the way to the net and it's almost just surprising sometimes when you think about it that he he did end up in the crease at some point there with the amount of room that he had to kind of charted out his path to the goal pretty well uncontested so a, a little bit upsetting and then you look at the play even that won the won the game for new england in overtime which was just it was a weird one you know latrell harris runs the ball down the floor he's kind of got hickey almost in his back pocket that he could fl- flip the ball to but instead he tries to flip it to center phil caputo i don't think uh, necessarily expecting it he kind of fumbles it a little bit you know buchanan has a break. It looks like it's going to be a clear, clean two-on-one. He fumbles the ball a little bit, and then somehow just kind of throws up a hail mary of a rainbow pass that finds Sheldon Burns. And I don't even think he was trying to pass the ball to Burns. I think he was trying to get it to Brett Manny, who was also over there. Burns picks it off in the air and uh, kind of surprised Rosie, I think, with that low shot. But um, kind of an error-filled final goal on on probably both sides of the ledger, really. But. I don't know you get to a point I think in a season two where you can't leave too many of these games on the table and now there are three games that are one goal losses two of them are in overtime and at some point you have to start to come out on the good side of some of those if you're going to end up near the top of the standings and that's maybe the only thing you worry about really if you're a rock fan right now is that you know there has been some games left on the table but at the same time The positives are this team's five and four they're still in second place and the teams below them are beating each other nobody's really getting on a run nobody's separated themselves either in spots three through five and when you look what went down in the end of that game against buffalo and rochester uh or between buffalo and rochester that you know nobody could have expected and really i guess when you think about it that result kind of favored the rock too that buffalo hung another loss there they haven't been able to get on a run either so still uh, some positives to draw on despite the fact that uh you know there was a loss on friday
1: yeah of course like you said you're still you're still second in the east you know it's uh considering the strides i think personally this team has taken from last year uh you know we already matched our win total uh like i said again second in the east we've had and we've said it on this show countless times every loss we're not coming back here and saying you know they got beat tonight, and it was just evident that team outplayed them or is that much better than them? They've could, they could have had every one, and I'm not yeah. saying that just biased here to, towards Toronto. Like legit two overtime losses, you know the Georgia game, we all know what happened there, a late loss. This one, you know, you're what a couple inches from Steph Barry in that, and it's and it's a good goal. Even like you said, some of the saves Kirk was making. There was that one one safe he made. Uh, I don't not exactly sure how it happened, but they even went up went upstairs on it because uh, he kind of came across knocked the net off thought it may have went by him it was just, i thought it was a great save but uh yeah. like those are those are the kind of looks toronto was getting that night and uh i mean they just didn't seem to be dropping but yeah still lots of positive lots of lacrosse left here too and you know being in second place you still do control your own fate essentially you know you got two more versus buffalo they're catching you you still got new england uh, Georgia is obviously up there but uh, in terms of Rochester as well you took the season series from them you win the games that you're, you're supposed to win or, or have to win at least and you know it's going to make it hard for them to uh, to catch you.
0: Yeah and I think something else I kind of wanted to bring up too that uh, I often have this conversation with a few folks around the league about is that the Toronto Rock have a very advantageous setup really toward you know in, in comparison to pretty well every other team in the league and the fact that you know, we're sitting here in the boardroom, like we always say, at the Trauma Rock Athletic Center, but, you know, guys have the ability to come here, work out, shoot around whenever they want. There's a very regular practice schedule of Tuesday nights when everybody just drives from home or from work and heads home and, you know, in most cases sleeps in their own bed at the uh, at the end of things here. Um, it's, it's a big advantage, especially, I think, when you're starting the season and through training camp. There's a very regular schedule here. It's Tuesday, Saturday. There's not... There's not cross-country flights involved here to get in three practices in two days. You get into a very regular routine very quickly if you're playing for the Toronto Rock, and I think that has often translated into a very quick, fast start for this team. And we've seen it, for the most part, every year since this building has built, really, been built. Um, you know, I guess, save for the last season, the 0-6 yeah, star was, was quite uh, <laughs> off the radar, we'll say. But generally speaking, the Rock... You know, even if it's not reflected completely in the in the results of the games, the team is generally off to a good start and pushing in the right direction very early right off the hop, where some teams have to play their way into it. And now I feel like there's around this time of the season, mid-February to the end of February, everybody else kind of catches up a little bit. And I think now the difference will be is whether or not the Toronto Rock can now find that extra gear to kind of now put themselves back ahead of most of the pack again here over the next two months and the the final nine games of the season. Um, we didn't necessarily want to do report cards, I guess, today. But um, overall, I think uh, – I don't know if you're giving an A-plus necessarily to this group to this start because there has been a couple of games left on the table, but uh, if you were to give a grade um, – to this team so far we don't have to go through goaltending defense offense any of that kind of stuff but overall if you were to give a a midterm grade here to this club what uh what letter grade would you be giving them
1: yeah it's a it's a good question uh i'm gonna have to go with uh you know as as you mentioned i don't think you can go with an a plus even even in, A I, I remember in school if I had a if I had a B a B plus I would be quite thrilled with that. So, <laughs> so I mean I'm I'm going to give them in, in that range of a B or, or or a B plus there. Um, I do think there's it's been a lot of positives. Don't get me wrong. And uh, the start was great and a lot of individual positives as well with uh, you know young guys and and kind of the new look that is is out there on the floor for the Toronto Rock this year. But on the other side, if you do say that they're five and four, they're one game above five hundred um with leaving a couple on the table i think you know if you close out a couple of those and you know we're looking at maybe a seven and two maybe you know the grades up there in the in the a a minus or whatever you want to call it but uh and then the results are the results we're five and four but still in a great place like you said second in the east and uh i would not be net like you came in with this young group you said you're going to be five and four second in the east you know a b plus of a grade uh halfway through the season i I don't know anyone who really wouldn't have signed off on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I have to agree with you. I think a B plus is uh, a very good uh, uh, mark. I think to to set there for the club, especially given uh, you know the youth of this team, the inexperience, the fact that these guys, uh, you know, as Matt Sawyer said, are learning on the fly here, and they they are learning quickly. And now it's time to see if perhaps they can turn that B plus into an A or an A plus here. Um, in the second half of the season and I think we've seen flashes of it already that you know there is a legitimate possibility that this team could be in the mix here when we get to the end of the season and I think coming into training camp anyways I I don't think you could say that at the end of training camp I think maybe there is a little you know a, a little bit more optimism I think than when you're coming into camp with so many new faces and so many rookies and more so just because you don't know what to expect not that there was doubt that, you know, the right pieces were here now because I think everybody agreed that they were and that this was starting to, you know, trend back in the right direction very quickly as well. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, this team, uh, there's so much parity in this league and, you know, there's young legs here and lots of great young talent and, you know, great goaltending and great defense here right now. And I think once the offense kind of rounds it in, rounds into form here i think this is going to be a very difficult team to beat and probably more of what we saw through the first four or five games rather than what we've seen in in three out of the last four games
1: one thing i wanted to ask you to get your opinion on and i know we've touched on it a bit you say you're mentioning how you know favorable it is for the toronto rock to have you know the, the great facility here we have here um you know everyone living locally no no cross cross-Canada flights or cross or North American flights um what's your thoughts on at the same time I think Ontario is there is a lot of cross players coming from Ontario I know BC as well um but basically every time a team comes into the Air Canada Centre that's a homecoming for majority of that team and you know I I know from working in the office you know the family tickets are are there there's you know you're excited to meet some people after the game you haven't maybe seen in a while uh they're all fired up to get back home again and think for the most part, probably bringing their best effort to the table too, night in and night out at the Air Canada center. What's your thoughts on, you know, that angle?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I know where you're going with that. And and I think it's the fact that every Ontario kid and even the BC kids, because we, we had Jalen Rogers on the broadcast uh, on the podcast here early in the season. And he talked about how he watched rock games on TV and, you know, just kind of, because of that, knew everything about the Rock. And, you know, I'm sure coming here was a really big deal, you know, probably a bigger deal than had he landed even in Vancouver, right? So I think it is true in the fact that everybody gets up to play the Toronto Rock, regardless of what the team's record is or how their team is playing or anything like that. It is a big game when they come to Toronto. And no matter how many times they've done it, it is a big game. You're playing in front of family and friends for the most part for, for the bulk of the players on pretty well every team are from Ontario, like you said. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's something probably that isn't really factored in enough is that it's not like you're going into a Rochester on a Sunday afternoon to play the Nighthawks, and that's no knock against Rochester whatsoever. I think it's just a fact that, that people get up to play the Toronto Rock. It's a team that uh, you know is is one of, if not the greatest franchise in in the history of this league, and and I'm talking, you know, championships. The the only other team that rivals them, of course, is the Philadelphia Wings, now New England Black Wolves, with six championships. So, um, yeah, I think you're bang on. It's a bit of an X factor that probably doesn't get calculated all the time, and that uh, it it is a tough place for the Rock to play in because. The team coming in to play them is equally as uh, pumped up to go here, or more so that they're playing at "quote unquote" home. So um, that's a real good point, Katie. <laughs> yeah, just something that's that's really good. Did you know, your homework? The, this there's week no that's no, no, no way to
1: quantify, you know, what that actually is, but it's yeah. just something I was thinking about, and you know, guys are you know fired up to uh, yeah. to get well. Into I town think for the most part, it,
0: it would be like in a hockey sense coming in to play the Leafs, yeah. or probably going to Montreal to play the Canadiens, or in baseball going to Yankee Stadium for sure um to play in those you know marquee buildings in the big cities and whatnot are are definitely one where you're probably not dragging it very much going into that building and there's a little bit extra on the line and a little bit more hop in your step so um yeah we'll see I mean coming up this week you've got Calgary and there are obviously a number of Ontario based players on this team as well and you know I think we see it georgia seems to be a team the swarm always has a a lot of ontario players and a lot of younger guys as well we've seen um in recent years playing for that team so um yeah varying levels across the board um maybe not so much with the bandits but you know since they're very close to us i think it's maybe a bit different there but uh, for the most part i would think when when these guys come to toronto it's a big deal so um we encourage everyone to come to Toronto this Saturday night for Colin Doyle night. And uh, that's a great segue because he is our first guest on the podcast. So we are going to take a short break. Mike Hancock, Kyle Davis, Toronto rock, total access, the man, Colin Doyle, is coming up in studio with us. Stay tuned, we'll be back in a while Tonight we're going to flip and trip and let it all hang out tonight. We're gonna to say what we like. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis in studio here, and we now welcome our first guest of the show, none other than the man of the week here, Colin Doyle. Colin, how are you doing?
2: I am fine, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Alright, well, uh, obviously this is a massive week for you, but uh, we're talking about retiring your number, and this is one story I don't think I've ever heard from you, but I started thinking today, the number seven, why, why were you number seven? Why did you choose that number uh, when you were younger?
2: I think, like a lot of young men, I believe I just liked how it looked on the jersey. Uh, all of my athletic idols, none of them were seven, Ricky Henderson, Isaiah Thomas, Twenty-four, eleven. Patrick Waugh, thirty-three. Uh, I just think when I first signed up for lacrosse, there was a kid named Daryl Wilson who had number seven, and I thought, man, that looks good. Yeah. Uh, I think Daryl stopped playing the next year, and it opened <laughs> up. And uh, Daryl, thank you. The rest is history.
0: <laughs> have you ever talked to Daryl again?
2: I have not, but he was a great player. He yeah. really was a good player, and I remember that. We I didn't think that this story would ever have any relevance, but <laughs> I remember Darrell Wilson's name forever. And uh, like I said, he was a slick play- player. We lost him somewhere in Tiger Novice, which was too bad. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the number opened up, and uh, I would say to this day it still looks good on a jersey.
0: There you go. All right, so uh, obviously Saturday night, like we mentioned, uh, the number will go to the rafters to uh – stay up there beside Bob Watson, number 29, who a longtime friend of yours, a former roommate uh, at home and on the road, uh, it must make it a little bit more special even uh, joining him up there in the rafters.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, speaks volumes uh, to have your jersey raised to the rafters, but to have it up next to his, in my opinion, you know, he's the... He's probably one of, well, he probably is the greatest rock of all time, and uh, he was a rock for me in a lot of ways more than, than just as a teammate. He's been a great friend and a great mentor, so means a lot to me. Uh, conversely, on the other side of it, he's probably getting sick and tired of having to do all these things with me. So, Bobby, I apologize, <laughs> but I do look forward to spending all those times in the rafters together. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Some days I think I run a bit long on him. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm sure he'll enjoy it too. But uh, if that means we have to spend a ton more time together, he probably will not be for
0: it. (laughs) Now, when you're you're going through, like, you know, look back five, ten years ago, or, you know, having your number retired is never something that you obviously choose. It's something that is decided by an organization. But was there a point in your career when you thought – Hey, you know what? Things are going pretty good here. Like, you know, maybe there's a chance one day my number gets retired.
2: Well, no. Uh no. And I, I don't think so. I there was definitely moments where I said, wow, things are going pretty good here." Yeah. Uh there was a lot of those moments, uh but uh, I I don't know. Egotistical. I th- I think if you actually kind of let that into your mind, it's not yeah it's not something i really thought of uh, ultimately yes it would be uh, it is the greatest honor that i think can be bestowed on you from a team and uh would i have am i going to enjoy it and am i proud of it absolutely but i never sat back and said man geez after that win i think they might retire my jersey <laughs> um so no uh it just wasn't in my dna um but yeah. i didn't set goals like that uh but that doesn't uh you know downplay the honor Mm -hmm. it's a huge honor and uh, I think there's no great honor better honor in sports so um there's a lot of times I sat back and said wow things are going great with this organization for sure but uh not something that you really kind of think about obviously when they did Bobby's jersey you start to wonder absolutely Mm -hmm. um but again I just I, I try not to think about those things
1: now, you mentioned there was uh, a lot of times, a lot of moments where you said, wow, things are going pretty well here uh, for you and, and the organization. Uh, this week, I know on social, they put out a, a question, you know, to fans, name some of your your favorite Colin Doyle memories there. Um, just to have you, what's a couple that stick out to you? Or is there a favorite memory uh, that you've been through that you could just kind of touch on?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, well, there there are so many, but Uh, if I really had to rack my brain I could probably come up with more but the Caleb Toth goal was amazing Uh, just to be a part of that game and that moment was outstanding it's one that I'll forever think of Um, 2005 championship was was very memorable Uh, sharing it with two very good friends of mine and Phil Weatherup and Aaron Wilson guys I grew up playing with but then also you know uh, Les's illness and and kind of Terry had just taking. There's just a lot going on there at that time, and that team was just so good and so unselfish and the epitome of, to me, what, what a team such still look like today. It had all the great parts of a, of a great organization and so many great teammates. So those were two for sure. Uh, you know, the Blaine Manning scored a goal in double overtime against Washington maybe in 0-3. Uh, I, I can remember being so worn out and figuring, you know, there's no way I can get this done, just being so, so happy when he scored that goal and – uh, that was a great moment i think there was probably about seventeen, eighteen thousand people in there that night and you know the energy back then in the building was so phenomenal you you remember all those things uh, a lot of great moments when Kimball came back uh, i think against the philadelphia wings and and uh, after all you know the 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 trials and tribulations he had been through he came back and, and i think had a hat trick against philly i think that was pretty memorable for me because it was great to see him kind of overcome all those things and do that in front of the home crowd um there's so many we could go on all day but uh I'm sure, in speaking to people over the course of the next week, they'll remind me of all the, you know, of all the great times. Coming back in 2010 and making it to the championship game was, uh, was an unbelievable experience. Now I remember that game for a lot of the wrong reasons, uh, you know, giving away a four goal lead in the fourth and all those other things. But uh, getting back up to the mountain 2011 was special. It was important for me to do that, and uh, again, just an unbelievable group of, of teammates I had, and you know. You know, you've had a good career when you got to really think hard about your greatest moments. So, I'm proud of those.
1: For sure. And now, looking ahead to uh, to Saturday, I'm sure you know you pro- you had a lot of support by the sounds of it, a lot of friends and family there through you, uh, throughout the time uh, to, to get to where you are now. What's uh, what's Saturday night looking like for you and and the family and the friends coming down and and uh, if you could just touch on that, everyone's obviously excited. I'm sure you got a big crew coming
2: down. Yeah, I, I, for, again, my my wife has been looking after most of this. Uh, I think it's going to be neat. My, you know, this means a lot to my dad. I think he's pretty excited about it, and he wants to really take it in. Uh, it will mean a lot to me as well once I'm there. I have a hard time grasping things till they happen, but uh, it's going to give me an opportunity to personally thank a lot of people. Uh, you know, we've got an event or we've got something planned beforehand for family and friends, and I'll get to shake people's hands that have meant a lot to me and done help me get to where I have, you know, ultimately where we are here today. And uh, then, you know, the game itself will give me an opportunity to thank, uh, thank a lot of the supporters, including the fans that, that uh, have been so good to me. So the night, I, I don't know what the night will look like. I have no idea. I just know that uh, I'm going to see a lot of people that I haven't seen in a while and a lot of people that, uh, that have played a huge role in me, you know, having the successes that maybe I did. So I look forward to that. I, I really do. And how I deal with it, I don't know yet. Um, but I'm excited for it.
0: I want to go back to a couple of things you mentioned uh, when you were talking about some of the memories. 2005, that championship game, I remember being there as a fan, and the building was packed, the game was on NBC. I think it was an afternoon game. Um, did you think at any point – I just remember being in the arena that day and thinking, man, maybe maybe this has actually arrived here. Maybe this was – that. I thought it could have been that moment, just the national televised game in the States – a sold-out building, uh, you know, an awesome performance by The Rock. And just like you say, how good that team was then. And I thought if this – maybe this is going to be the launching point, the jumping-off point for this league. Did you ever think, you know, looking back that maybe that – you know, unfortunately it wasn't necessarily, but do you think that that was one of those games? Did you ever get that feeling that maybe that was a moment that could have been – no Capitalized doubt on maybe more the
2: moment itself yes uh what's the fella's name that calls the games for nbc uh doc emmerich that's right yeah. so just to to go back and listen to the replays and and you know joe Bowen was unbelievable at it as well and when you go through the joe Bowen replays it's it's really but uh, doc was at that point the biggest name in, in in hockey down in the states and just listening to him call lacrosse game i think takes us back to probably the height of the nll in, in my opinion and uh, did I think it was going to take off from there? I really don't know because that same year we were probably playing in buildings where there were still, f- you know, four or 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. And But uh, I will say this, that to me was the height of uh, the excitement of the NLL. That 2005 championship was, was the ultimate in what this game, you know, in all of our opinions, what it should be and uh, where we want it to be. Um, and, and you know, lucky for me, I got to play in that game. And I think a lot of the people on both teams that played in that will tell you that was a, that was a great event. And twenty one thousand plus people, uh, a great game, lots of goals, and uh, the NBC broadcast was just so cool. And I remember beforehand that championship that we had a we had like a meeting with the the broadcast broadcast crew the night before, and you know, never being part of some of that, I was just like, well, don't they already know all this stuff? But uh <laughs> you know good on doc he did an unbelievable job and uh you know again i'll look back at that game say that was probably the the best that this has gotten
0: yeah now the other guy you mentioned there was kim squire who burst on the scene basically at the same time uh in the national lacrosse league as you did and you know was known as kimbo was known as kid rock was a huge fan favorite um and really had a brilliant beginning to his nll career um I just want to talk about are there a lot of guys from back then that you still stay in touch with is Kimbo one of those guys and what 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 are those relationships like now you know or do you still um get to spend time with those guys as everybody has kind of gone their separate ways
2: I think if I wanted to spend more time with a lot of these guys I'd have to get into coaching in the NLL because it seems like that's where they all ended up um so it tells you something again about the the strength of that team we had so many good people but um, yeah, I mean, I still see these people around. Uh, a lot of them have kids older than me, so I'll see them at the arena. They'll be in, obviously in different parts of their life, but, you know, lacrosse is a pretty small world. Uh, Danny Stroop's still a big part of my life. Uh, he stood up for me at my wedding, uh, as did Bobby Watson. Uh, you know, see a lot of Pat Coyle and Chris Gill and Sean Williams, um, you know, and then you don't see a lot of some of the other guys. So it's it's a little bit of everything. Still stay in touch with Kimball, still see Kimball around a lot. And, um, you know, have very good memories of playing with him. He's still go down as, you know, in my opinion, the, you know, the best player that I've played with. Um, so, uh, yes, the answer is yes. We stay in touch with a lot of those guys, and uh, often when we do, we end up talking about the good old days. So yeah. they're always good. Uh, they're always good times, and yeah, you don't have to stray too far to find a good lacrosse person. And like I said, we had a whole load of them there in the early two thousands. Some some unbelievable teammates.
0: Now you mentioned coaching in there um <laughs> do you uh do you have any designs on possibly getting involved uh at the nll level or is it something you think you're going to put in some time in in possibly junior a get your feet wet in that regard or you know is this something you want to because a lot of guys have been stepping from the floor taking off that jersey putting the suit on and stepping right behind the bench and You know, it's not very uncommon that guys are making that leap. So, um, you know, you obviously haven't done it right away, but is this something that maybe in the coming years that you'd like to do?
2: Well, therein lies the problem. I don't have a suit. (laughs) So um, I guess I'll have to wait. I'm sure if
0: somebody wants you to coach, they'd probably get you a suit if that's the barrier here Mm -hmm. between you and coaching.
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. I got coaching in my blood, I think, no doubt, last year. 10-12 10-12 years of my career, I, I felt like my mind is a coach's mind. I, I know this game well. I think I can translate that to, to the kids playing the game nowadays, but I don't have a plan to coach. Uh, there is no plan in place. Uh, I don't plan on taking on a junior team anywhere or doing any of that, um, so I don't know. Uh, time will tell. If this league expands, they're going to need good lacrosse people, so time, time will tell, and you know, it's important for me now just to get away from it for a little bit you know get my space um, enjoy it as a fan so uh, I don't know how to answer that question obviously at some point that will certainly be something I would look at if the right opportunity presented itself but uh, not something I'm actively pursuing I guess that's the best way I can answer that but uh, I love to coach lacrosse so I, I don't anticipate that goes away anytime soon
1: and just uh just to kind of go off that i know you're involved a lot here at the track keeping busy uh like you haven't left the, the game really at all you're still sticking your, i see a stick in your hand all the time down there um is there a part of you that misses you know like the on the floor in the nll like the life or and what comes with an nll season uh you know being in the dressing room
2: with the guys and, and playing at the, the highest level no not at all um i don't miss it was a commitment, you know. It was a commitment on – it was draining on me physically. It was draining on me mentally. I gave everything I had. And, like, the term I like to use is my, my competitive tank was emptied. I just didn't have any more to give. So, you know, uh, I just – I don't miss it. Uh, I love the game. And because I'm here so often, you know, teaching it to our youth, uh, you know, it's not like the game was taken away from me. Uh, so I still have a hand in it. Uh, I enjoy the teaching of it. Uh, I haven't watched a game yet this year where I said, geez, I wish I was out there. Um, so uh, oddly enough, I don't. And I know we hear that from a lot of players that have just retired. Say, man, I sure missed the dressing room. I, I, you know, again, I, I've i got so many good memories from the dressing room and all those other things. Uh, I think it was I was ready to move on, so that much more comfortable with my decision because I don't miss those things. And uh, I don't know that I'd have the capacity to to do it anymore. I really don't. Uh, now, if push came to shove, you know, obviously I think I could step in and and do it again, but uh, that's, that's – <laughs> Hold the, on,
0: hold on. Is this you opening the door here? Is that the, All I'm saying no? is
2: that if they go to Bantam goalies in the LL, <laughs> I can still score in this league. <laughs> I've proven it on Wednesday nights. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, you mentioned there, you know, you watched a couple games. You haven't had the had the itch to to get out there. But uh, w- during watching, what's your thoughts on the team this year? You know, they've got a couple exciting Americans in the lineup, a young kid in Latrell Harris, uh, kind of taking a new new direction with the squad. What's your thoughts on it so far?
2: I like the team. I think they're good. Uh, you know, I think they've shown that they can be at the top of this Eastern Conference, no questions asked. they run into a bit of a roadblock here, and I think the growing pains have kind of come at them in once. But uh, – uh, they're going to have to grow on their feet a little bit here, and these young guys are going to have to contribute like they were early. But uh, they've got a good thing going here. I, I like I like Schreiber a lot. I think he's a fantastic player. He's fun to watch. He's creative. Um, but, you know, he, he's this is his first year playing the game. And uh, for this team to be successful, he'll have big onus put on him. And, you know, we've seen when he has quiet nights sometimes, so does the offense. So, it's about trying to get everybody involved, but defensively and goaltending, they're, they're as strong as I've seen uh, in a long time. They're big, they're physical, they're fast, and, and Nick's having a heck of a year. So, look, the sky's the limit with this team. Uh, no point in me making any you know, any comments on what I think they can do, but uh, they're as good as the team as the, in the Eastern Conference that I've seen, and they're fun to watch, and uh, I'm happy they've done what they've done. They've made some really good decisions, and the, the, they're a great team.
0: Now, I've always talked to you about this uh, <clears throat> off-air, so to speak, about uh, possible things after the cross. We've already talked about coaching is one option. Kyle's mentioned your involvement here at the track, but uh, does the broadcasting and or media side of uh, covering this game at all, should it blow up a little bit larger? Um, does that interest you at all?
2: Absolutely. I, I, I like being analytical about the game, so I think as an analyst in some way, I would certainly be all ears for that. Uh, I'd still watch the game with keen eyes. I still think I can pick things up that probably the you know, the layperson can't and uh, you know, maybe some people would want to hear that. I'm sure some people wouldn't, but uh that's what being an analyst is all about. So yeah, I think down the road in, in some capacity or another I, I'd love to, to have a look at something like that. Um but, you know, who knows? Uh I'm analytical on a Saturday night on my own couch, so really all I'd have to do is turn on a camcorder or <laughs> those even exist anymore <laughs> That's right. and uh you know you could ask my daughters they, they hear me break it down pretty good but uh yeah no certainly something I'd look at I'd love it and I think uh you know all the sports have great analysts with good character and I think it's a lure for fans to watch more of it learn more about it so I think at some point uh you know this league will have to look at getting some ex-players involved and uh if they want to grow their you know their internet base and grow the you know the intellect of the of the fans, and this is something they'll have to do down the road. So yeah, certainly something I'd love to try.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Colin, uh, we'll let you go. We know you got a, a busy day here today, and uh, a little bit of a busy day tomorrow, as we'll be making uh, a few media appearances throughout the city to promote Saturday's big night. So uh, thanks a lot for stopping by, taking a couple of moments, and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll chat again at some point soon. Thanks for having me. We'll see everybody Saturday night. All right, that was Colin Doyle. Of course, his number will go to the Rafters on Saturday night before the Toronto Rock take on the Calgary Roughnecks at Air Canada Centre. We'll take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access and be back with more. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access, I'm Mike Hancock along with Kyle Davis as we are still continuing to get you updated on the Toronto Rock, everything going on as we lead into Colin Doyle night here this Saturday. Uh, Great conversation we just had with Colin and now we're about to welcome our second guest into the studio here on the podcast this week, none other than Toronto Rock goaltender Steve Fryer. Steve, how you doing?
3: I'm doing good, Mike,
0: how are you? i'm not bad it's kind of weird calling you steve because it's always either deep deep fryer or just fryer friesy <laughs> yeah, what do you prefer to go by now what is your uh, ultimate persona that you have going now
3: uh, the deep the deep fryer is sticking this year but i mean i've been called a lot of a lot of things in the past few years but uh <laughs> deep deep fryer is good or deep
0: yeah well how, why did you i feel like you shortened it to deep recently
3: yeah, I mean, uh, the, the fryer was sticking on there a little too long. I thought I'd change it up a little bit, and yeah. uh, it's, it's worked for me, so I may as well ride with it. <laughs> uh,
0: so coming into the season, uh, you know, training camp, Zach Higgins was here. There was a clear battle here to see who was going to stick it out, and, you know, Brandon Miller was also coming into the season injured. Um, your mindset coming into training camp when you knew that this battle was uh, – being presented here and uh just some of the work that you put in during the off season as well to get ready for this training camp
3: uh just coming into this year you know i i knew with signing a higgins uh there would be a battle for a spot so i just came in as if it was my first time here no one knew me and just just worked my bag off and uh ended up sticking with the team but i knew also that uh, b was hurt that he had the chance to come back and uh i mean uh he's a veteran in this league and he he deserves to get the, the chance that he's given now that he's healthy and uh I'm just going to keep working hard to uh, keep pushing Rosie and Miller here and see if I can get back on the lineup.
0: Now, something that uh, when we had Pat Campbell actually on the podcast a few weeks ago, we talked about it, and he was uh, he definitely brought up some of the off-season work that you did as well. But, uh, you know, I know we saw you here in the gym pretty frequently working out with Homer and whatnot. Uh, what was that like on the physical side, uh, getting ready and improving your fitness level getting into camp?
3: Uh I will say it was a bit different for me. i'm uh, not usually a guy that you find in the gym but uh you know, as I'm not getting any younger, as I'm getting older I'm starting to realize I need to be in better shape every year. So uh I you know, spent a lot of time with Homer. He's uh he really knows what he's doing in there and to be honest I think he really did help me uh, get to where I am today and coming into this year I was fifteen pounds lighter and I owe a lot of that to him and you know, even now the season's rolling I still try and get there as much as I can. Obviously not as much with the season going but uh just try and stay in the best shape I can
0: now you did mention about working working hard to get back in the lineup um now that Brandon Miller is back and on the active roster um yet to see any action himself yet but um what I guess how does your mindset change here now going from being on the active roster to on the practice roster a spot where you had found yourself in previous years but um Coming into this season, you know, knowing that you would start the year on the active roster and then now going back to the practice roster, just your your mindset and how you're preparing week to week, and even how you come into something like a practice here tonight on a tuesday
3: I mean I just uh, just just come just come into the rink as as if I'm on the active roster, you know, and uh even though I'm not there, it might seem a little cliche, but I just need to just keep keep working that's all I really can do. I can't mope around or show the guys I'm upset about where I am because I'm obviously not the happiest about it, but I just got to keep being a team guy, keep taking shots, keep working, and then hopefully uh, I'll get the coach's attention.
1: You mentioned, uh, you know, B's been around this league for a long time. Rosie's, uh, you know, an experienced goalie in this league now too. As, uh, I mean, I know you're, you've are you been around the team for a while now. You play with a lot of the guys in, in the summer with the Oakville Rock as well, though, but what does, what does B and uh Rosie meant meant to you in uh in terms of you know sharing their experience, helping you along the way, giving you little pointers here and there. Like at the end of it, you know, there is a competition for for one goalie spot per game, obviously, but you're on the same team working to the same common goal.
3: Yeah, I mean we all uh we all support each other, I think, very well. I mean uh playing it I actually got the chance to play against Rosie back in junior which was, you know, back then we didn't really get along, but now I considering one of my better goalie friends in, in the national lacrosse league um also playing with him in the summertime we kind of gotten a lot closer over the years but uh you know he, uh he's he's never wanted to come to the bench during a timeout and ask me a question here or there as as i would to him um and, and then going to b miller when i uh, got drafted into the league he i was actually his backup back in, in with the philly wings so is uh it was kind of nice, you know, p- being with him there. Then I got I was here before him, so he kind of welcomed me in the league there, and I kind of welcomed him here. Um, but yeah, no, we all the three of us do get along really well, and uh, it it may it may seem weird because we all are trying to battle for one spot, but we all understand how this league works, and if if we're not getting along, the guys will see that, and the, it just it just won't work, right? We we wouldn't be here if we didn't all get along as a tandem, so uh I, f- I feel you can ask either one of them too and they'd say the same thing that we we do get along really well and i think that's it's working for us
1: and you mentioned the uh the you know the guys seeing you around here uh, what's your thoughts on uh you know the all the guys this year a lot of new faces in there this year um obviously last year was a tough one of late you know a couple tough losses disappointing overtime losses georgia and new england respectively but overall uh, you know, talking with Hammer in here, we think it's been a very positive, you know, first half to the year. If you could just get your thoughts on uh, on what you've seen and what you're thinking right now, too.
3: Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're sitting here five and four, we, two overtime losses. We could easily be seven and two, right? We just had a couple bad bounces, but uh, a lot of young faces, a lot of a lot of new faces too, right? So a lot of guys don't have a really experienced this yet. But I, I feel our veterans like Casey Beards and you know, even though Patty Merrill's not in the lineup, he's here. He's he's helping the guys out too. Guys like that will really. Uh, help those young guys, you know, battle through situations like this. We've lost a couple in a row here, but uh, a big night this Saturday, especially with Colin Doyle, our, you know, I still call him my captain, even though he's retired, um, putting his jersey in the rafters. I think it's going to give us a big boost this weekend, and hopefully we can uh, keep the ball rolling if we can uh, pull out a win this weekend.
0: Now we got to switch gears here a little bit. we gotta talk a little wrestling we know you're a huge (laughs) wrestling fan and actually i guess all of us were at uh, survivor series back at Air canada center in november um you know where did the where did the love for wrestling come from and like
3: honestly ever since i was a kid i was i was always glued into it i I did fall off it a little bit when i got to the high school and i thought you know i was one of the cool kids and you know none of my friends liked wrestling so i kind of put that aside but uh now, as I'm getting older, I kind of appreciate it more. But I've always just had a love for it. Uh, the Rock was my big guy back in the day. Dwayne yeah. Johnson, probably one of the only books I've ever read was his book. Yeah. Um. But uh, but no, I've just I've just always uh, had a soft spot for it. And uh, yeah, as I'm getting older, I'm appreciating it more and more.
0: So who who's your guy now?
3: Oh, uh, Chris Jericho, right now. Yeah. 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 Chris who's Jericho. the up
0: and coming? Like who's the up and coming guy? I know you love. Uh uh, en- Enzo and those guys and there's
3: a few guys in the, down in NXT there Bobby Roode from Peterborough yeah uh, you know Enzo Mori big cast uh, certified Gs of course yep. that's <laughs> probably my favorite tag team right now yeah uh, but no I now mean- do you
0: like them more for their work on the mic or their actual work in the ring.
3: Uh, I'd have to say it's it's, uh, it's it's pretty even because their mic work yeah. is the best right now, yeah. other other than Chris Jericho, of course. But uh, but no, their uh, their in ring ability could use some help, but their mic work yeah. is exceptional.
0: Yeah, Jericho's always been my guy. Well, not always, but in the last, I guess, fifteen twenty years, Jericho's been my
1: guy. Legit, Canadian too. Yeah. What's uh what's your thoughts on Goldberg here? I know personally, I was. Uh, <laughs> you know pretty fired up about his return we watched him at uh you know survivor series hammer mentioned watching fastlane this past sunday he's wrestled two massive matches and has been in the ring for a combined 2 minutes
3: yeah i mean uh i think that's really showing his age his matches are only about a minute and a half long but uh it i was excited to see him back too but it'd be nice to see him fight for more than 2 minutes at a time right i'm hoping uh with the wrestlemania coming up here you know, someone lasts more than five minutes with them, but uh, the way the trend's going, it's not looking that way. So we'll see. Well, what I think happens. for
0: every for everyone else's safety in the ring, it's good that he only wrestles for about sixty seconds. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, that's what he was back in his prime. That's the way it was too, right? It was get in have a spear a little jackhammer <laughs> yeah. spit out some smoke and get out of the ring again that's you know?
3: it um, it's actually funny I read an article after Survivor Series and apparently he had a hurt shoulder in that match so I thought that's kind of why it was quick and then when Fastlane did the same thing now I really don't know what to think yeah. about him, but
1: uh, your boy Jericho coming out Causing a ruckus there, so.
3: Oh yeah, well Kevin Owens turned on him, man. He, <laughs> he ruined the he ruined the big event, friendship the festival, yeah, that's, friendship, right? That's so right. Uh, he des- he deserved everything he got that night from Goldberg. That's for sure. And
0: they pulled that off the festival, the friendship festival or whatever. The way they they broke it up and the gift and when he pulled the list oh, out and you awesome. could see it the way it was, the way the WWE pulled that off. I mean, you knew eventually the two were going to split up, right? Like oh, you, for just, sure. you, you knew just. That that was obviously going to happen at some point, but the way they pulled it off, I thought was uh, exceptional. And I don't know if Kevin Owens is going to. Do you think he's going to be able to kind of live on his own here? Like, do you think he's no? I
3: think I think Jericho comes in WrestleMania and beats him again. And I think he goes on a little losing streak here without yeah. his, without his best friend.
0: I just wonder what his staying power is going to be long term here in the business. If it's, I don't know. He he rose very quickly, right? And then yeah. like the Jericho thing, and and then now it's like, how long can you? I guess this is the big test, right? Like if yeah. he can. He can still be a guy. Because he's be he's good on the mic anybody. too. He's yeah. good on the
3: mic too. I think could be the Chris helped him out, uh, helped yeah. out helped him out a lot there. But uh, but no, only the time will tell. I guess uh like from now to WrestleMania will just be him, Jericho every every row, right? Just them yeah. two going back and forth. But then after that, who knows if it continues or they go in their separate ways.
0: Now what about the women's division? I feel like it's actually for I know this is turning into the wrestling podcast here, but <laughs> what like I feel like it somehow at some point legitimized itself.
3: Oh yeah, now they're like, they're no longer divas; they're superstars now. They're all they're all considered the same male, yeah. female. But uh, no, the stuff that that they're being able to do in the ring these days, like you, ten years ago, they would never even attempt those things, yeah. right? So uh, no, it is uh, it's great to see, and uh, I'm a big fan. I really do. I don't mind seeing the women getting out there and throwing each other around. It's yeah. actually uh, it's, it's a little different, but it's good.
0: It's good. That is good. Can't
1: say the same about the Cruiserweights, though, can you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's
3: ne-
0: next
1: next question. Oh, you
0: know, <laughs> wow. The deep says no Cruiserweights. See, the Cruiserweights <laughs> used to be like, and that's the funny thing, is it was a real calling card of WCW way back when it was Jericho and Dean Malenko and those guys. Like, the Cruiserweights were the great stuff, and oh, yeah. now obviously it's...
3: But now everyone can do the stuff they used to do, yeah. right? You know, you, yeah. had, you had Braun Strowman jumping up the top rope, 700, 300, 7-foot, yeah. seven 300-pound guy. Well, you know, you don't need these cruiserweights yeah. around. Just just get rid of them.
0: <laughs> waste, waste of time. Wow. All right. Um, all right, Frizi. Well, this has been great. We're going to have to have you back again, uh, obviously, and we'll talk some more wrestling and, and lacrosse and all that. But, uh, you know, you did mention uh, this is going to be a big one Saturday night with Collins' jersey going up. Yeah. Um, you know he he's meant a lot I think to everybody in this organization in his own special way. Maybe just to wrap up, uh, if you wanted to tell a, a favorite Colin Doyle story or just talk about just how much he's uh, he's kind of meant to you in uh, your short time that you were alongside him here in Toronto.
3: I mean uh, I don't think I've had a, a better leader per se. I mean I was lucky enough to that in the in our practice at the track here uh, I'd be sitting beside him every day in the dressing room just where our names lined up and uh, honestly like in the beginning when I was on the practice roster and I kind of knew I was, I was just there to stay. Uh, it made, it made my day every day, just knowing that I can get to the rake and spend, spend the first five minutes of my time there just, just talking to him, just asking how his day was, uh, you know, and just, just trying to, just trying to make him laugh here and there. But he'd always give me the time of day. And I think, uh, that's a big attribute he has. He's, uh, any, anyone will stop him. He he won't blow you off. He'll sit there. he will talk to you about anything you want to talk about. Um, he's just that, that kind of guy. So, uh, like I said, I think uh, the boys will be playing with an extra chip on their shoulder this weekend. And uh, like I said, I hope I hope we can get the win, and hopefully this uh, kickstarts a little win streak for us here.
0: Absolutely, can't uh, can't agree with you more. That Colin's one of the uh, just the all-time greats, uh, not only on the floor, but the people who have had the opportunity to get to know him a little bit off the floor say uh, pretty much the same thing about him. So, Frizi, thanks a lot again, and uh, good luck this weekend. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Hammer. Thanks, Kyle. All right, that was Steve Fryer, goaltender with the Toronto Rock. We will take a short break here on Toronto Rock Total Access, and then we'll be back to wrap things up in a moment.
2: Like the legend of the Phoenix. Our ends were beginnings.
0: What keeps the planets spinning? Welcome back to the final segment here of Toronto Rock Total Access as we get prepared and hopefully get you prepared for Saturday night and the Calgary Roughnecks at Air Canada Centre. 7 o'clock start, but we do ask that everybody be in their seats at 6.45 so they don't miss a moment of... The big Colin Doyle jersey retirement ceremony, his number seven will go to the rafters and join Bob Watson's number 29 as the only other number retired by the Toronto Rocks. So uh, it, it's going to be an awesome night. Um, we're going to chit-chat now about probably a few of our, our favorite memories and whatnot and anything that sticks out about Colin Doyle. Just, uh, you know, as a player and whatnot, and Kyle, I know you uh, obviously drafted by the Toronto Rock after your junior career, and you did come to a training camp colin doyle was in that training camp any particular memories of uh you know being in a training camp and uh being on the same floor with doyle here with the rock
1: yeah for sure i uh i mean i remember walking into camp a little early like just being a i guess a, a draft pick or a rookie whatever you want yeah. to call it and wanted to get there early didn't want to risk any traffic or whatnot making the drive out because it was in six nations at the time yeah and just something about Colin when he walked in the room though you know after me like just a persona of him how he carried himself uh you know kind of not took over the room by no means like in a a way that's undermining everyone else in the room but uh his presence was definitely felt and you know the guys knew the captain was here and at the time he's the captain of the defending NLL champs were coming in at that point right Mm -hmm. so uh you know a bit of swagger in, in everyone's step at that point and then uh just remember at the, at the end of first you know session the first session or tryout whatever you want to call it there uh you know bringing all the guys in and uh a little speech at the end of it i guess you could say and and basically you know setting the tone for the year it felt like even though i didn't stick around for the the duration but he made it clear that you know last years in the past and you know it was it was a it was a good run for the guys that were here but we're here to do work again and just that's the kind of attitude he brought and obviously every time he's at the rink he's uh you know there with a purpose and it was a blast even in the in, in the little time i was you know a part of it uh just watching him was was unreal it was a surreal experience especially growing up as a kid he was one of my uh you know my favorites uh and to be able to interact with him in that in that manner was was pretty cool
0: yeah i mean um <clears throat> i got a few other things i'm going to share here um. Just, uh, you know, working for the team from for the last, uh, this is my seventh season. Um, but in my first year, I think just one of the things I um, found originally was how hard Colondola practices. That was one of the very first things I can remember, just watching him practice and how hard he worked in practice. I was absolutely blown away because... I think, to some degree, when you're from the outside, you think, you know, Colin Doyle's the superstar. He's the face of the franchise. You know, he had been back with Toronto for one year at that point already. Uh, But just watching as a fan in previous years, I just thought, you know, um, as a superstar, maybe he's not the guy that's, uh, you know, going 140% every time that there's a practice. But um, he competed so hard in practice and worked so hard. to say that a guy was a leader and really set a tone like that was something that you know um you know it couldn't be any more truer than uh, than it is about Colin Doyle and just his work ethic and like you say he's coming to the ring to do work and and he had a job and it was interesting to hear him say even earlier in the podcast here just to talk about how his competitive tank was empty and you know i think there was a lot of times at practice where you know, you'd think, you know, what does this guy have left? It's a Tuesday night, and especially like you say, when we were in Six Nations originally, um, before the track was built here, and just how hard he went every single time he was on the floor, and and never left anything, uh, you know, in the tank. And uh, eventually, it got emptied, and uh, that's kind of why we're we're here. And Collins, 39 years old, and had a, a brilliant 19-year career in the National Lacrosse League, 15 of them. With the Rock, one of course, with the Ontario Raiders, and uh, and three years in San Jose, where he was uh, a pretty darn good player there for the Stealth as well. So that was one thing that stuck out. Another one was uh, personal, a couple of personal memories really. First in 2011, my first year with the team, uh, everything went great that year. Uh, The team won the championship, and uh, I thought, hey, here we go. This is going to be another run of uh, maybe a few championships in. over a four or five year period. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh obviously that didn't happen another trip back in 2015, but I just remember being a part of the uh, post game celebrations in the locker room and I know this is going to sound weird but you know at that time my first year with the team and and uh you know you get welcomed with open arms but uh you know Colin grabbed a cooler filled with ice cold water and I got dunked like I was (laughs) I got the cooler over the head in the dressing room and I thought well that was actually that was kind of cool you know sometimes you'd think uh, maybe that wouldn't be the most fun thing to do even though you're as a part of a celebration and at that time I was still doing some work post-game because we were at the game and I had uh, you know other duties to take care of but uh, that was one thing that was pretty cool Um, And just being a part of that whole celebration in the locker room and being able to have a drink with the guys after the game and celebrate what was uh, you know, a a great year, a very long, hard week of work as well. But uh, that was uh, a big thing uh, for me in terms of with Colin and that and being what Colin was. And then just the other thing, and I mean, uh, over the years, there was not a million of them, but a lot of them. And that was going to appearances with Colin and going to do – uh, media hits or you know an appearance at a at an event or a charity event or going to visit somebody at a hospital or but accompanying him on a lot of those PR trips um, just the ongoing battle that I would have with Colin Doyle about whether or not he would wear his jersey when he was going in to do a TV appearance or any kind of interview or anything and you know me from the PR side I always thought you know we need to get that rock logo out there all the time and Colin just never wanted to wear his rock jersey and even I think uh, last season as we were going to one of uh, you know the last appearances and it was kind of beginning to maybe set in a little bit that this could be his last year you know and kind of joked and got out of the car once at an appearance I think uh, it might have been CP24 breakfast television one of those and I just had the jersey in my hand and (laughs) he just kind of looked at me and I was like, come on, just, you know, one more time here kind of thing, and just threw him the jersey, and he's like, okay. But, you know, I could tell he still just wasn't happy about wearing it. So that was kind of a little back and forth that we uh, that we always had over the years. But um, just an amazing guy off the floor, and uh, he's always got a one-liner, and he's always got maybe a little bit of a dig here and there, but uh, it was always in the right place and at the right time, and he always had the right line in the dressing room. Uh, which I think we've heard Jamie Dowick talk about on the podcast earlier this year too is just, uh, you know, just an amazing guy, and uh, you know it's too bad the way I think last season ended for him with the injury and, and not having another chance to. To play a game and say goodbye but this is probably just about as good of an opportunity to you know welcome all the fans back into the air canada center one more time to you know put their hands together and stand up and pay tribute to colin doyle and hopefully saturday night's crowd is uh, reflective of that and um you know we're looking forward to just a great night
1: yeah for sure and just to touch on you you know you mentioned you were surprised how hard he practiced right and and uh I think personally in, in lacrosse and in, in all sports as well, that, that's what separates the stars from the superstars. Like, Obviously, you know, Colin had the raw talent and a, yeah. a lot of other things going for him. But uh, how many guys do you see that have the raw talent still have, you know, good careers or successful careers or maybe their careers cut short because, you know, the the work that maybe should have been put in wasn't put in. And, and uh, you know, their the longevity of them, they just couldn't last as long. Uh, you know, for him to be last as long as he did the work and how he practiced on the floor i think you know went a long way in you know being to where we are right now with the the ultimate end goal or not goal but the ultimate end of his jersey going up into the rafters where it rightfully belongs
0: And and it was great even to hear steve fryer talk about just those five minutes Yeah. Right at practice when he first got here, those five minutes. And that's what he looked forward to was kind of, you know, his and Colin's time together, those five minutes, and just what they meant to him as, uh, you know, a player coming into the Toronto Rock and obviously having seen what Colin had, you know, done for the Rock and really for lacrosse in this country. I mean, let's not, you know, kid ourselves. Like, Colin – was and and maybe still is really the you know the face of lacrosse in Canada and I know that some people will you know challenge that but you know he was the guy on TV on Sportsnet on TSN the captain you know for a stretch of his time in Toronto but also the the superstar the guy that was scoring all the big goals that you know every kid wanted to be like I mean I can remember going to watch You know, Jesse Gamble played junior in Guelph when he was 17 years old, and, you know, he's talked about what kind of an idol that Colin Doyle was to him. You know, he's got the leg band on, just like Colin, you know, at 17 years old going to play junior B. And, you know, there was probably hundreds of kids in Ontario wearing those leg bands, you know, because they wanted to be like Colin Doyle because he wore that on his leg, you know. And um, it it just on and on, all the, you know, all the kids who are number seven because of Colin Doyle and, and whatnot, so... It's, uh, you know, his legacy, I think, is a lot longer, deeper, um, more prevalent than I think a lot of people realize, and um, especially just when The Rock were the team that was on television across Canada, and that, uh, you know, back to what I said about Colin Doyle really was, is the face of lacrosse uh, in this country in the last, you know, 20 years, basically, and it'll be interesting to see what his... uh, impact and involvement will be in the game going forward but you know it, if the national lacrosse league is to get back on television on a regular basis i mean i don't think that there is a better guy to become the don cherry or whomever you want to put it of lacrosse than that guy who was sitting in the the room here with us earlier tonight uh, in colin doyle and i think he's uh you know, he's got the reputation, the credibility, the name, um, all that to go along with, you know, what would be a long career in the media if uh, if he chooses to take that path. And he could even be a guy that I think transitions into some kind of media role, just generally speaking, because he's an entertaining guy to listen to. He's got, uh, you know, a strong opinion about a lot of different sports things. And, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if one day we just hear him as a host on tsn 1050 or or the fan i mean he's got that kind of i think star power as well to uh to deliver that kind of stuff and it would be a lot easier booking interviews as well for me if (laughs) if he was in one of those roles but uh anyways we are gonna glide along here a little bit here in the in the final segment we're gonna do short-term long-term trade and it is gonna be a colin doyle themed short-term long-term trade and the three guys that we're gonna rattle off here um, they're all relevant to Colin Doyle. One of them even is Colin Doyle. But Colin Doyle was, of course, traded originally from Toronto to San Jose. The main piece coming back was Ryan Banesh at that point, And the main piece going to the stealth organization uh, when they were in Washington, when Colin Doyle came back in 2010, was Lewis Ratcliffe. So our short-term, long-term trade, and this is based kind of At the times of the trades. Alright, so we're not saying right now who would you take because the fact that Doyle and Ratcliffe are retired that maybe you'd want Banesh of the three guys. But our short-term, long-term trade, the three guys are Ryan Banesh, Lewis Ratcliffe, and Colin Doyle. You're on the hot seat here, KD.
1: So at the time of the trade, I'm going to...
0: In their primes, we'll say. Okay.
1: Uh, I'm going to go start off short term here or sorry we'll start off with a trade I'm going to trade uh, Lewis Ratcliffe um, in his prime you know first of all I got a disclaimer I I didn't see him as much as I could or I was younger I guess I didn't really the knowledge of the game maybe wasn't uh, you know where it was to really appreciate what he did although I I do know great lacrosse player but uh, if I recall at the time when he was around the team was kind of struggling a bit here uh, yeah like absolutely, yeah. were, you know, it wasn't uh, wasn't a world beater of a team that was, you know, like NRL championship bound necessarily to say. Um, obviously, he's only one guy. Don't get me wrong, but uh, seems like you know when they, when they made that trade, things kind of turned around. You got Colin back, and uh, you know the right the rest is kind of writes itself there. So I'm going to trade Lewis Ratcliffe. Short term, I'm going to keep uh, Ryan Banesh, pure goal scorer. I mean we've seen him enough in this division here with <laughs> Buffalo and what what he has the ability to do uh you know playing against him he's torched torched me a couple times my teams a couple times yeah. um, especially at the time of that trade as you're referring to he's a younger guy in the league and, and his upside is just you know sky's the limit for him at the time yeah. and, and he's paid out to be a, a hell of a ball player in this league and you know like I said we still uh, every game Buffalo comes into town and we go to Buffalo we're saying we've got to hold Banesh yep. and uh, ultimately leads me to uh you know long-term keeping Colin Doyle He what we've talked about for the last hour or so here it kind of speaks for itself uh you know captain on and off the floor the points the championships the what he means to the organization you know the kind of guy he is just everything that you want on your team in your captain and as a fan, I know tons of people. You know, are looking forward to to the game this week because uh, he means that much to them, right? And uh, so I'm going to keep calling long term. And uh, you know, if he could bring me one championship, let alone the amount he did, <laughs> it'd be a good investment.
0: Yeah, he uh, uh, just a, sp- a special individual, and uh, obviously has, like you say, uh, been instrumental in being the reason why uh, a lot of guys uh, around these parts wear championship rings, and uh, his teammates, I'm sure, are very thankful for, for him, and like we heard from Colin, he's uh, very thankful for, for what his teammates meant to him. So that brings short-term, long-term, to a short-term, long-term trade to an
1: end, but... No, it was, I just uh, was thinking there for a sec. We were just talking about the kind of guy Colin is, and one, something that sticks out to me, I wonder if the... T- these five-minute chats, you know, that Fryer mentioned with the goalies, or maybe not Fryer himself, I'm not sure the exact timeline, that he picked up a couple pointers when he went in net in the Man Cup. Like, that just shows the guy he is there, too, as well, right? Yeah, You're I taking mean, a top scorer <laughs> out of your lineup in a Man Cup game,
0: jamming him in net, and he pulled through. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing, obviously, a, a non-NLL thing that uh, we haven't talked a ton about here uh, with most of the focus, obviously, being on his rock career. But that is one thing that came up as well on social media that somebody did uh, tweet about that being their favorite Colin Doyle memory. And, and that was something I can remember watching the webcast that night of the Man Cup. And, uh, you know, both goalies for Brampton had been tossed. And, um, you know, I think Rory Na- Na- Smith... Nations. Nations okay. Sorry, Nations. I always think Brandon Miller and Brampton for some reason. But uh, Rory Smith, I think, wanted to go in net. I can remember talking to Colin the next day after the game, and um, Rory Smith, I think, really wanted to go in net. And Colin said, "No, no, I'm going to give this a try," because Colin was a goaltender in hockey, right? So I think he felt like, I mean, and it yeah. looked like it at times. He had a few two pad stacks in there <laughs> while he was in net. So, but it was amazing. It was just amazing just to a watch. Crazy and memory. As it was going down, I just thought, uh, you know, this is something that like. You know, you wish the game was on TSN or that the story was even bigger than, uh, you know, it, it ended up being a, a somewhat of a big story, like on the, I guess you could say the, the lower level of the sports pages there, but um, definitely something that made a few headlines here and there. But I think, you know, had that game been on, you know, national television or, you know, some kind of regional feed instead of uh, just a webcast, that story probably would have been an even bigger story. But that was... Uh, it was insane. And when you think about, you know, the equipment was soaked. You know, Colin talked about just how heavy the gear was. And, you know, it wasn't like he was just going in fresh. So he's already bagged from playing, right? And then he's got to throw this gear on and, you know, shut things down for, I think it was about 11 minutes or something. He, he played in the third period. So, um Crazy stuff, crazy stuff, but definitely a memory that I think a lot of people who watched the game and, and read about it afterwards. And I think if you search on YouTube, I think there is some video of the game on there with Colin Doyle and Net. So that was uh, that was right off the right off script there in, in terms of what happened that night. So we haven't touched. One thing we really haven't touched too much on here is the fact that there is an actual lacrosse game to be played on Saturday night. So before we leave you here, we will uh, we will throw our predictions out there. So I don't know what to make of this Calgary team because uh, they didn't have a great game Friday night in Colorado, and then came home Saturday night and uh, just gave it to the Swarm. We're up five nothing early, and then I think thirteen three at the half. Yep. Um, you know, Georgia made the game a little bit closer than obviously it was, but this thing was over at halftime. So, um, looking forward to this Saturday. What is your prediction, Roughnecks and Rock?
1: Uh, I think it's going to be uh, a tight game. I. Last time in Calgary, Toronto, you know the score maybe didn't indicate I thought how the game went. Toronto kind of gave it to him for for at least three quarters. I felt. Yeah. Um, I think it's not going to be the case. Even as a Calgary fan, you got to be a little like or a Calgary player, like sitting there and seeing you know Colin Doyle's jersey go. I got to give you a little bit of chills to or, or motivation to I guess maybe spoil Colin Doyle night. Whatever whatever fires you up inside. But I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go a thirteen ten Toronto bounce back win uh i think toronto you know so many home games in march here they got to capitalize on on a couple at least here after a couple disappointing losses
0: and i think they rebound uh 13 10 is my call so you got 13 10 i was kind of thinking 12 10 but maybe i'll go a little bit higher maybe i'll uh i'm gonna take 15 13 toronto i think it's gonna be a two goal game high scoring um, last time out, uh, Curtis Dixon did some damage against The Rock, but nobody else did. Um, I don't think that happens again, just because it would be, to me, unlikely that the rest of the team is as quiet as they were in the first meeting. So I'm going to go 15 13 Toronto. Speaking of that, too, I, well, I mean, we'll see this week. I, I think looking back at
1: the box scores and would maybe probably it was Saturday night, I think Dane Doby went off for seven and four or something like ridiculous had a big night so you know just someone to watch uh, from them he's feeling good about his game obviously Mm -hmm. putting up those kind of numbers coming into uh to a
0: big one this week so uh you know get him and Dixon going it will be a little tougher for sure Alrighty, folks, well, I do have to remind you if you've been listening to us on SoundCloud, you can now uh, download and subscribe on iTunes. The uh, Toronto Rock Total Access podcast can be found there now as well. Um, tell a friend about it, listen in. We uh, would like to think it's been pretty entertaining so far. And if you've got any uh, feedback, suggestions, uh, please feel free to send them directly to Kyle. I don't really want to hear them, so just send them to Kyle. All right. No, you can send them to me, wherever. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, all those other spots. But most of all, make sure you get a ticket and get in the building for Saturday night. It is a big one, not only for the Toronto Rock, the 2017 version, but really for the Toronto Rock, the fan base, the city of Toronto, everybody who's ever been a Rock fan or even a lacrosse fan here in Canada. If you've got a opportunity to get down to the Air Canada Centre, take advantage of it, get there. However you can, Saturday night, uh, lots of tickets still available, great seats available for Saturday night. So make sure you grab them, torontorock.com, or, of course, at the ACC box office. And we should remind people, if they do buy at the ACC box office, you do save a little bit in those Ticketmaster fees, so uh, not a bad idea if you want to do that on game day or even just any time leading up to the game. You can uh, grab your seats at the ACC box office. So that'll wrap things up. So in the meantime, and in between time, for Kyle Davis, I am Mike Hancock saying that's it, that's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is in the bag. We will chat next week. The run. Stop the run, can't stop the running, can't stop the run. Stop the run, can't stop the running, can't stop the run.